Welcome to the Morning After Sports. This is Joe. I am your host, and today is July 26th, 2018. It's a beautiful Tuesday here in Mesa, Arizona. Why don't we get into some scores here? But actually, before we do that, almost forgot. Let's crack open a cold one. Let's do it the right way, boys. And uh, then we can officially get things rolling here. Today I'm drinking a tasty IPA by the name of uh, Tower Station from Mother Road Brewing Company out of Flagstaff, Arizona. It's a local beer here in Arizona. If you guys aren't from here, try getting your hands on it. If you are from here, fucking go drinking if you haven't. It's uh, it's delicious IPA. Delicious. Nice and juicy for you boys. Uh, so yeah, let's get into some scores. Let's see what the hell's going on here from last night. We are the morning after sports, so we'll give you those scores the morning after or sometime the next day, depending on uh, when I wake up or when I get off of work here. So let's start off with, start off with the New York Yankees versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay comes out on top three to two. The Yankees are at 64 and 36. They don't have much to worry about. They're at least getting a wild card, so... Just play the string out, <clears throat> keep hitting dingers. Maybe Sanchez won't be such a piece of fucking shit and jog shit out, and uh, you guys will be fine. San Diego Padres got beat by the New York Mets 6-4. to four. Uh, I love the Mets, and I hate them at the same time. God damn it. St. Louis Cardinals lost 7-3 to three versus the Cincinnati Reds, 51-51. and 51, The Cardinals, I just love – I uh, I put a – I just – when they fired – when they fired Matheny and uh, I saw the, uh, you know, the Instagrams and the Twitters and all that coming out, I, uh, I had to, I had to put my two cents in. I've always hated the Cardinals. Literally my entire life. I've hated the Cardinals. Uh, I, and even before I knew they were always good, I hated the Cardinals. I just, I just never liked them. And uh, then when I grew up and I watched uh, the spoiled fans, you know, enjoy good team after good team after good team after good team. Uh, and, uh, you know, every time you'd watch them on ESPN, it was, oh, how I can't believe Joe Buck, by the way. I cannot believe how many sellouts, you know, sellout after sellout after sellout. How do they do it? Because they're fucking good every year. It's not hard to sell out a stadium when your team is good literally every year. So this year has been fun watching the manager get fired and, the fans rejoicing. They're 51 and 51. They're 500. I mean, I, I don't know exactly the stands. I can pull them up now, but I, I don't know where they're at as far as a wild card berth, but th- they're 500 and their fans are rejoicing at a manager that hasn't made the playoffs in two years. It's amazing how spoiled some fans are. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals fans are the worst. I mean, when, you know, everybody hates on the Patriots fans. They hate on the Golden State fans. And I mean, it, it's easy to hate on them. They're, they're good every year. They win championships. And I would say 70% of the fans that are, you know, diehards, they jumped on the bandwagon after the first or the second championship. That's, you know, whatever that, that happens. I get it. But the, the St. Louis Cardinals things where they, literally fans think they're better than you because they root for a team 
that has been historically good. It, it makes no sense. Even Yankees fans. I mean, Yankees fans are assholes. I love you guys, but you're assholes. They don't even compare to Cardinals fans. The Cardinal way. They, the, the Cardinals are good because the Cardinals win championships because of the Cardinal way. The reason they're 51 and 51, Matheny, he threw the Cardinal way out the window. He fucking had that, oh, God, I can't even think of his name. The pitcher, Bud something. I can't think of his name right now. Police in the dugout, police in the fucking locker room, making sure that they were living by the Cardinal way. And and he got fired. Matheny gets fired. And the fans are excited because we're going to get back to the Cardinal way. I hate to break it to you, but these Cuban immigrants and fucking dudes that are making 20 plus million dollars a year aren't coming here to play the Cardinal way. They're coming here to win championships, get endorsements and make fucking money. It's not the Cardinal way anymore. So that the, the whole perception of this Cardinal way thing, it's, it's been amazing to me and it's drove, it's driven me crazy. I, I, I fucking legit get angry when I think about it. And I know it probably makes any Cardinals fan that listens to this, that probably makes them happy. I mean, you hear me in misery overhearing over and over about how, how your team is so great and your way, but I feel like the misery is finally coming to an end. It's the Cardinal way is no longer a thing. It's baseball is changing. And these old school franchises for years and years and years that have been always consistently good. And there's a lot of teams. I mean, the the two teams that come to mind when I'm talking about this, when I say this, I'm not saying the whole MLB. I'm literally generalizing for two teams, and that's the Yankees and the Cardinals. I mean, it's the Cardinal way in earning your pinstripes with the Yankees. Those are the two dumbest fucking things in baseball to this day. And both of them are dying because it's becoming more and more obvious that baseball has either always been or is turning into the sport that everything else is turning into. And that's make a shitload of money, win championships, be a legend. And uh, if you think the Cardinal way is going to drive these guys out in, uh, in single A and double A and triple A to, uh, to make them want to get to your team, uh, I think you got another thing coming, but yeah, that was a, that was an unexpected detour. I kind of got sidetracked on the Cardinals. I really don't like them boys. So if you didn't already catch my drift, that's kind of where I'm going with those guys. Uh, now we got Los Angeles and Phillies. Phillies beat them seven to three. Phillies at fifty-seven and forty-four. That's insane. Uh, yeah, the the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves are 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 killing me. They're they're making me die a slow death, and I think that the Mets might be more responsible for that but I'm going to blame the Phillies and the Marlins because, uh, or not the Marlins, the Phillies and the Braves, because uh, it's just, it's easier on my psyche and it makes me sleep at night. Pittsburgh Pirates, who I'm watching lose to the New York Mets 10 to five right now, lost last night as well. Four to zero to the Cleveland Indians. Washington Nationals picked up a win. They're a game under 500. That's a beautiful fucking thing. We got the Tigers winning over Kansas City eight to four. Arizona Diamondbacks lost 
yesterday, one to two to the Cubs, and they also lost today. They're they're <laughs> their clothes are fucking choked to dirt today. So that was kind of fun. But I love the Diamondbacks. I just I I, I don't know why I'm laughing at them losing and, and thinking it's a great thing, but it was kind of funny. Uh twins lot or twins won 12-6, beat the Blue Jays. Uh both of them aren't very good. San Francisco came out on the bottom end of the affair with the Seattle Marlins. You got the Oakland Athletics winning again 6 to 5. Houston lost 2 to 3. White Sox and Angels came out at 3 to 11 and then the Boston Orioles game was postponed. So there's your scores for baseball and then quickly I uh I was an idiot completely didn't even think about MLS. Love soccer. I'm a soccer guy. So the MLS is going on right now. And yet, and the, not yesterday, the, the last podcast that I recorded, I was saying the only thing out right now between the major leagues is, uh, well, major leagues, and you know, you know what I mean when I say major leagues, the, the, the big sports, the big ones. I, I completely neglected MLS. And that is my fault. And it is also a reflection of how the American public is regarding soccer. We need to get behind it. We need to make soccer great in America. We need to fucking dominate. Do you know how cool that would be if we were as good as Germany or France or fucking those upstart crazy uh, Belgium, Belgians, whatever you want to say? It would be great. I would love soccer to be amazing in America, uh, but unfortunately it's not. But I still do love the MLS. And uh, we had some scores from last night. So I neglected them the first podcast. I'm not going to do it again. Yesterday, we had three final scores. The Houston Dynamo lost to Philadelphia. We had DC United losing to the New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls are, uh, are I like them. They're a young squad. They got a lot of young up-and-comers. They're fun to watch. I'm a New York City FC guy. I was a Red Bulls guy. But I changed my mind, and uh, there's a big reason why. It's it's near and dear to my heart, and I feel like I should explain it quickly. The Red Bulls play in New Jersey. I am a Buffalo Bills fan, and if you didn't notice, the only team that actually plays professional football games in the state of New York, <laughs> in the state of New York, is the Buffalo Bills. So... I've always hated teams that have the New York name and don't actually play in New York, a la New York Jets, a la New York Giants. It's always been a thing that I didn't like. So when I got into soccer, playing FIFA, playing with Manchester United, the New York Red Bulls were just, they were the only New York team. I'm not from New York. My whole family's from New York. And I have this sick obsession with just rooting for New York teams, even though I'm not from there. And, most of the time, it doesn't work out for me, so whatever. But rooted for the New York Red Bulls. And then this team, New York City FC, wants to come in, and they're going to play in New York. They're the in-New York team. Well, that was it. I, I jumped I jumped ship right away. And that I think that has something to say with soccer fans in America. I think I'm guilty of being one of them, is that we don't have allegiances built. We don't have these deep-rooted ties to these teams like we do with football or basketball or baseball or like P- 
people in England do or Germany or France do with their soccer teams. It's just, it's a different thing with us with that sport. But either way, I jumped ship. It was over. I, I Once I knew they were playing in New York, that was their thing. That was my team. So I'm a New York City FC fan. Love the guys. Watching them win right now, two to nothing. Uh, and it's great. But we got a little off topic there with that. The New York Red Bulls won. I like them, even though I love New York City FC. They're my team. New York Red Bulls, stay young, stay fresh, stay fucking hot. We got San Jose losing one to nothing to the Seattle Sounders. Now, I don't keep up as much with MLS as much as I should, but I do know like when I see the Seattle Sounders, what I think of is just old guys. I, I don't know if that's a that's a that that's a misconception. And if you listen to this and you're a huge MLS guy, let me know I'm a fucking retard. But Seattle Sounders are old. That's what I think of. So, anyways, moving on. Those are the scores. And uh, just a quick update, New York City FC still 2 nothing, 60 minutes in. So we'll move on here. Let's get to some sports stuff, some interesting stuff that I was kind of looking at. And uh, the first thing was UFC and MMA in general and weight cutting. I think uh, weight cutting is stupid. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. I don't understand why guys walking around at 205, 185 pounds are cutting down to the 165, whatever weight class. It, it's it's stupid. These guys are putting themselves at serious risk, getting fucked up. They aren't performing like they should because they're coming into the fight, even mentally, even if mentally they are all there and they feel like they're all there, which they're probably not. Even if they have the confidence, you know, confidence to the fucking moon and everything's all there. These guys are not performing like they should. And uh, it's getting crazier and crazier. And I watched this. There's a YouTube channel that if you guys are not watching is the best. If you want to follow UFC or MMA in general, mainly UFC, but it's MMA world. And Pretty much every day, it's a you know a ten minute compilation of just interviews and things from fighters. And first of all, it's insane how much drama is in the UFC. I never knew it. I used to be a big UFC guy. I still love the UFC. I still love fighting. I still love everything about it. But I was the guy that wouldn't wouldn't miss a fight, whether it was a free fight, whether it was a pay per view fight, whether it was a UFC fight pass fight. I did not miss a fight. I've I've grown out of that, to be totally honest with you. I kind of lost interest and, uh, you know, stopped buying the pay-per-views as much. I'll buy the big ones, but stopped buying the pay-per-views. And uh, the one thing that got me back into it was this MMA world. And it's, you know, a, like I said, a compilation of... 10 minutes of them talking about fights and, you know, fights that are coming up or fights that might happen or fighters that dropped out of fights. And the, the amount of drama that is going on right now in the UFC, especially is fucking insane. It's like a soap opera. You could just literally watch this MMA world and not watch the fights. And you would probably be just as entertained. I'm not even kidding. It's, it's ridiculous, but going back to the weight cutting, it's, there's been a lot of stuff coming up with that lately. 
And it made me start looking into it. So I decided, you know, I've heard crazy stories, but I've never really totally looked into the whole situation and seen maybe how bad it's been or like really bad circumstances where dudes got fucked up from cutting weight. I've heard of, I've heard of them, but I never really looked into it. So decided to look into it a little bit. And uh, I mean, there's a lot. So if if any of you guys are interested in this or wanted to look into it, just I mean, just Google UFC weight cuts and uh, you, you'll find a lot to say the least. But I picked out a few that I thought were were my favorites and that I thought were a prime example of why weight cutting is stupid. It's it's the dumbest thing and why it's putting these guys at risk and it's making fights not as fun to watch because these guys aren't ready. Make more weight classes, just like boxing. Boxing has a fucking weight class for a half a pound, it seems like. I don't want that. Make weight, Make more weight classes to where these guys can make weight comfortably and we can see better fights. I think that'll ultimately happen. But right now, as it stands... I found a few examples of why I think weight cutting is insane, unhealthy, dangerous, crazy, however you want to put it. The first one is the most recent one, and it's Uriah Hall. Uh, When he was getting ready for a fight with Vitor Belfort, he was hospitalized. And, you know, when it first came out, everyone, you know, what the hell? Oh, my God, he must be dehydrated. Who knows what it was? And then he comes out and he says he had a mini seizure and a slight heart attack in his first public statement since his hospitalization, and it was due to weight cutting issues. A slight seizure and a heart attack over weight cutting issues. If this guy could fight comfortably 10 pounds down or 10 pounds up, You would never, that would be, he would have something wrong with him, legitimately wrong. When guys like Uriah Hall are having mini seizures and mini heart attack or a seizure and a mini heart attack due to weight cutting, it's gotten too extreme. There's, this guy is a perfectly healthy beast. And you're telling me that when he has a mini seizure and a, or I keep saying mini seizure, a seizure and a heart attack, that's not enough for you to maybe rethink this whole thing. They need someone to die. Someone will die. And then we'll finally figure out what might, you know, what might be a good solution to that. But until then, I don't see anything changing with it. Now, Moving on from Uriah Hall, like I said, I, I pulled a few examples of uh, things that I thought were super interesting and that maybe, you know, it, they were perfect examples of weight cutting gone wrong. Uh, and the next example is going to be Travis Luter. Now, Travis Luter is a... He's not a well-known name. He's not someone that everybody is going to hear about. And if you if you listen to Joe Rogan, you'll you you probably know what I'm about to talk about here. But he's not a household name. He's not someone that everybody would know, but he could have been. And weight cutting and suffering like these guys do may have cost him an actual 
good career in the UFC. Now, Travis Luter won the uh, the Ultimate Fighter show, you know, the reality show where the guys go on there, they fight, and there's one winner. And that season, the winner was to fight someone you guys might have heard of. You know, Travis Luter's one thing. This guy's a step, uh, maybe a step above him. Anderson Silva, the fucking spider. That's who this guy got to got to fight out of the Ultimate Fighter. He, you know, he won the whole season. He's coming out fighting 185. This guy, he literally came out on stage looking like a Holocaust victim almost. He couldn't walk. He's shuffling his feet. There's video of it online. I mean, he's shuffling his feet. His cheeks are sunken in. He can barely, when he he's standing on the scale, he can't even lift his head up. He can't even lift it. It looks like his chin is too heavy for his body. And that's that's because he he is so exhausted from being dehydrated, from not eating, from everything that has to do with weight cutting. He can barely walk to a scale, and he still didn't make the weight. It was 185. He missed by a pound, 186 pounds he weighed in. Instead of fighting for a title, they made it a non-title fight. And this fucking warrior, honestly, this guy is a warrior. And I don't know much about the guy, but just this makes this this dude a badass is that he lost his title fight by a pound after not being able to walk on stage because he was so fucked up from his weight cut. And he still fought Anderson Silva made it to the second round and he lost. He got into a triangle, elbowed the fuck out of his top of his head, choked out. He lost. But either way, that was who knows what that guy could have done if he was not looking like he was rescued from a Holocaust camp 24 hours earlier. You cannot tell me that that guy, even if he felt great after getting water and food in him, you cannot tell me that guy was 100% and ready to fight that day. It's just, it's insane. Weight cutting is, it's getting dangerous. These guys, you know, the more and more competitive gets, the more and more that these guys are trying to market themselves and get their names out there and get these big fights, they're going to do whatever it takes. And until something really fucked up happens, I don't think anything is going to change. But I think it's going to happen. I think it's coming. And I think that it's going to be sad. It's going to be sad when we see it, but... You know, that's if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Uh, moving on, let's get to some NFL talk. Why don't we hear now? One thing that most teams in the NFL can say is that they're worse than the Buffalo Bills, my beloved Buffalo Bills. And mo- most teams can't say that they've been worse than them in the last 20 years. The one team that can say that is the Cleveland Browns. And, oh, the Cleveland Browns are looking real juicy this year. They are, they're looking fun. I, I never thought that I would be excited for the beginning of a Cleveland Browns season. But this year, this, this year is looking pretty fun. Uh, you know, just looking at Jarvis Landry today saying, you'll be lucky if we don't score 40 on you. He said that in Sports Illustrated. If we get everyone playing to their potential – we can win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, Jarvis fucking Landry calling his shot. Super Bowl. 
Cleveland Super Bowl. You know what? I'm not against it. That I'm I'm going to be totally honest with you. I mean, looking at their roster, and again, going back to my Buffalo Bills roots, you know who that starting quarterback is, right? Oh, it's Tyrod Taylor. And then backing him up, that overall first-round draft pick, Baker Mayfield. So the the best thing for me is, and, and on top of that, let's talk about Des Bryant. Now, we got Jarvis Landry already there, signed, sealed, delivered. He's ready to go. Des Bryant's been getting, you know, the, he's been getting hit up. They're sliding into his DMs, those Browns are. And they're, they're wanting to see, you know, maybe – Maybe it can work. Maybe it can. I really, really hope they give it a shot. Des Bryant and Jarvis Landry on the same team. That's going to be a real fun freak show slash shit show slash I don't even know what. It's going to be good. That on top of I get to watch Cleveland Browns fans yell at the TV just like I did with Tyrod Taylor. I cannot wait until the start of the season week. I no, I was going to say week one. I'm going to say week two or three because they'll give him a week or two because Tyrod is, he's going to make plays with his leg. He's going to escape the pocket. He's going to make cool plays and he's going to run. He's going to make some good throws and everyone's going to get excited. So they'll give him two, three weeks. So I would say, even give them half of the year, you know, week eight. By week eight, I can guarantee you the Browns fans are going to be saying put Manziel in. And you want to know why? Because the Browns are going to be four and three going into week eight. You know, maybe I don't know when their buy is. Four and three, let's say. No buy. And the fans are going to say, why the fuck does Tyrod Taylor not throw the ball down the field? And Jarvis Landry is going to be doing interviews saying, why the fuck does Tyrod Taylor not throw the ball down the field? And then fucking Des Bryant. Oh, my God. I hope Des Bryant, if Des Bryant does sign, and I'm I'm pretending in my own mind that he already did. So this this interview by Des Bryant in a Browns locker room is just in my own head. But I would hope that their lockers, Jarvis Landry and Des Bryant, I hope they play cards together and shit, and their lockers are right next to each other. So that way when Jarvis Landry is yelling at the media about Tyrod not throwing the ball downfield, I hope Des Bryant, you see that shit where he comes into his locker with his shirt off, like puts his arm around him and like starts talking shit. It Something like that is going to fucking happen. It's going to be glorious. I can't wait. The Browns are going to be fun. Hard Knocks, August 7th, my birthday. That's like a birthday present from HBO for me. They're literally putting on maybe the best Hard Knocks season ever since the Baltimore Ravens with, you know, Ray Lewis and all those dudes. They're putting on the best Hard Knocks season ever on my birthday. So thank you, HBO. Happy birthday to me. Thank you for my gift. It's going to be great. Wowzers. That was fun. I love the Browns. It got me excited. They got me stoked for football. Like, honestly, just looking at the stuff coming out and, the, you know, the signings and the draft picks and how the movement has happened. And it's, it's going to be a fun season. I'm super, super excited for this. And just to kind of a cherry on top, <clears throat> just to kind of get my NFL boner to full erection. <laughs> Antonio Brown 
showed up today to camp in a helicopter. Now, it's it's Antonio Brown, and the dude is making ridiculous money. He can do whatever he wants. I think he's shown up. I was seeing something where he showed up in a different Rolls Royce or a Bentley or something. I think it was a Rolls Royce or a Bentley, one of those. And every year it got more and more expensive. And last year he showed up in like a 1934 Rolls Royce with like a, like a chauffeur. And he's going all out. But this year he decides... I'm not showing up in a Rolls Royce. That's not like I'm showing up in a helicopter, a blacked out helicopter. I'm going to get my whole family in there. We're going to land right in the field. It's going to be great. And I think it's great. I love it. And I hope people aren't upset about it. To be honest with you, I don't, I, I haven't really looked at the reaction to this because I'm sure it's ridiculous, but I love it. I mean, what other sport are you going to see this in what other, you know, baseball or basketball or hockey, what other sport are you going to see a dude show up to camp in a helicopter? First day of camp lands, lands the helicopter on the field, gets out. His head coach thinks it's cool. Mike Tomlin's like, he's ready. That means he's ready. Like this guy has it made. He, I looked up his birthday because now my thing is I turned 30 on August 7th, going back to my birthday. I'm, I'm about to be 30 years old. And my new thing is I love to see how much younger these millionaire sports stars are than me just to make myself miserable. And uh, yeah, Antonio Brown was born a month before me, July 1st. 1988. He's 30 years old. You know, he's turning 30 or he just did turn 30 to be honest, actually. Uh, he's the same age as me and he's showing up to an NFL training camp in a helicopter. Well, I'm pissed off because the window on my Scion IA won't roll up and down as smoothly as it did when I first bought it two years ago. It's a $20,000 car. Jesus Christ. It probably was the amount of gas that he spent to get to the stadium. <laughs> probably not that ridiculous, but I mean, you, you, you get, you catch my drift. He's fucking rolling in helicopters. I'm driving a Scion IA. We're the same age. It, it's the ultimate form of depression. If you're feeling good about yourself and you're my age, go look at these dude you idolize and realize that they're seven years fucking younger than you it'll it'll put some hair on your chest that's for sure if you don't already have it all right so now that i got myself all down in the dumps and i'm all sad and i'm thinking about how the fuck how the fuck are these young dudes making all this money and they're great well they're making all this money and they're great because they're physical freaks and I, I don't even know why I would compare myself to them. That's embarrassing. But we'll get to something a little light more hard, a little more lighthearted to uh to end things off here. And that would be this uh fun little exchange that we had from CJ McCollum and Kevin Durant. Now, CJ McCollum, he's a player for the Portland Trailblazers. Kevin Durant, um, you you know who Kevin Durant is, don't worry about it. So McCollum had Durant on his podcast and, uh, you know, they talked a little shit back and forth. It's, it seemed like they were buddies and, and McCollum now, and, and keep in mind this kind of is, uh, 
foreshadowing the the conclusion to this story. McCollum is a guy that goes on to up our still sports podcasts. The one I know of is part of my take. Now he goes on there. He talks to the guys. He's a cool guy. You know, everyone knows he has a podcast because he's on there and uh, you know, he has a relationship with those guys and kind of knows, you know, kind of knows what's going on in today's day and age, as far as sports media and everything like that. So Kevin Durant comes on his podcast. They talk shit back and forth. Sounds joking. And then from there, it kind of goes downhill. Now, Kevin Durant doesn't take well to uh, media criticism, huh? You know, I, I think that's uh, that's everybody knows that. That's not something that's a huge surprise. And But he does not take it well at all. I mean, he's yelling. It's been verified that he's been literally caught yelling at 15 year old people or kids over Twitter because they talk shit to him. Now, I mean, I get it. You know, you're getting bombarded constantly by bullshit when you're these guys and you have to grow a thick skin. And I, I, I'm sure it's tough, but a guy like Kevin Durant honestly should definitely fucking be able to handle some of this shit talking and realize that he doesn't need to respond and, and bait the trolls and, and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, it's great. I love it. Don't stop. Please do not stop. It's Kevin Durant. It's the funniest thing ever when you lose your shit on Twitter. So they have the podcast and, uh, you know, like I said, kind of ribbing each other, fucking chirping each other. And uh, mostly Kevin Durant chirping at uh, McCollum for saying the Trailblazers are never going to win a championship. Everything ends. Seems like it's, you know, amicable. They're friends, whatever. They know each other if not, if they're not friends. And uh... <laughs> Big Cat from part of my take wanted to stir the pot. And my favorite part about this is because I saw this tweet and uh, you know, I, I follow them and obviously I'm a fan and it it was nothing out of the ordinary, you know, it was, Oh, okay. You know, he's, you know, it's funny. It's kind of a throwback. They know each other. McCollum's been on their podcast and uh, you know, the tweet that big cat sent out was, Hey, at J at CJ McCollum permission to start using the B word again for KD. Uh, and McCollum said, I still think the B word is harsh and shouldn't be used. He know that decision was soft, but I respect it. It's like getting jumped with your brothers by a gang. You should have beat then joining the gang that jumped you and your brothers two months later and forgetting about your bros. Now, I read that tweet word for word, and it doesn't make sense when I read it. But if you're in your lizard brain, it'll make sense. It just kind of the words go together. But that was not me reading that wrong. That was the tweet. Anyways, this got Kevin Durant a little upset. He saw that response from McCollum and had his own little response to the whole gang jumping in thing and messing with your homies and, you know, called McCollum a snake in the grass. Now, my favorite thing about this story is, and, and the, the rant from KD is longer. There's, there's a lot of tweets and he deleted most of them, unfortunately. So unless you can find screen caps, it might be hard, but he ranted and raved and had his, his little meltdown. But my favorite part was the when I'm looking through articles on it, I came, I came to this website and uh, 
they they literally made it seem like the only reason that this whole thing started was because of Big Cat's tweet. And I never thought of it. And when I say they made it seem, in my head, that's what I thought when I first read it. But as I started thinking, I looked back and, I mean, Big Cat's a master troll. He, he did it. He got him. And it was hilarious. But it's just funny that I came to this random website on, it's www.eek.com willametweek.com never been to this website ever in my whole life but some random barstool bro decided to stir shit up so it, it it just made me laugh seeing that on the website and uh you know the the twitter rant in and of itself was funny enough but and when you you start looking around and seeing different people's views and how they you know they how I see, and I'm sure that if you guys are listening, you guys probably stumbled across this for the same reason. You guys see sports in the same way. Uh, it, it's funny, and, and the things that you guys follow, it's funny just to see the kind of other perspective and see how people react to that shit. That's what makes this shit so much fun, is watching the way that I react and then watching the way some of these dopes and dump trucks fucking react. It's who the hell knows. But anyway, boys... That is all I got for you tonight. I uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun kind of going over everything the last couple of days. This has been a blast getting material together, and uh, I'm going to keep doing it. So let me know what you think, and I will talk to you guys real soon. You, you boys have a fucking safe weekend.